Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we continue our study of the <coughs> second book of Kings, Melachim Bet. Um, we are at chapter 9, that is Perak Tess. <coughs> uh, and we have just read of the defeat. We read of the alliance between Yehoram, the king of the north, a descendant of Ahav, Ahab, and, uh, and between him and the southern kingdom of Judah, Ahaziah, who is now his, his cousin, uh, because the two families had married together. We learned of their political alliance, their military alliance. We read of their defeat against Aram, and now the king of the north is, uh, is, um, went to uh, Jezreel, Israel, in order to recover from his wounds sustained in that battle, which he lost. Um, we read of how Ahaziah, the king of Yehuda, was following the wicked ways of his maternal family uh, and following the uh, uh, worshiping the Baal, the pagan ways of Baal. And now the stage is set for the final uh, drawing of the curtains on the house of, of Omri. Omri meat being the, the, the one who began this, what was once very powerful dynasty of the north, northern kingdom and the end of the northern kingdom, as had been predicted by, um, by God to Eliyahu, back Elisha, the prophet Elisha's uh, a teacher, Eliyahu, who had battled Ahav Ahab um, in the old days, and God had, um, back then, and that was in the first book of Kings, chapter 19. If you remember in verse 15 and 16 there, God told Eliyahu a few jobs that he had to do. One of them was to go um, and appoint Chazoel as king over Aram. The second was to appoint Yehu ben Nimshi, the king over Israel, and to appoint Elisha, Elisha ben Shaphat <coughs> as his disciple, as his disciple to be the prophet. Now, um... We know Eliyahu went and did then go and find Elisha and start to train him as his disciple, as we've been seeing in this book of Kings until now. But the other two things hadn't yet happened, and apparently they were meant to be done by Elisha, the student of Eliyahu. The, uh, we just read in the last chapter how Elisha went and appointed Chazael, which is part and parcel of the defeat of the northern kingdom. As Aram and, 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 and Chazael were the attackers that helped bring about the end of the northern kingdom. And now he's going to set up Yehu as a new king who is going to rebel and uh, make a coup against the house of Ahab, the house of Ahav, the house of Amri, and destroy them. And that will they will then meet their end. So Elisha, in this chapter we're about to read, is going to fulfill that final instruction that God gave to Eliyahu and finally bring about the end of the house of Ahav, the house of Ahab. As we read through this event, this is going to be a very, a, a lot of drama, a lot of action, and a lot of murder. This would make for a, a quite a, a um, TV series um, uh, and uh, quite uh, um, intense. I'm going to read through it. Um, this next two chapters, 9 and 10, which is basically the story of the coup of Yehu and the destruction of the house of Ahav. 
And it's going to raise, as we go through it, I'm going to raise many, many questions and issues, but I'm not going to answer them yet. After we study chapters 9 and 10, <coughs> we're just going to read the story first, allow these questions to percolate, and allow them to sit in your mind so that afterwards I'm going to have a podcast in which I'm going to uh, give a potential approach and understanding a way to look at these chapters and how to learn something from it and how to understand what's actually going on here. <coughs> so for starters, let's read the story. So now that, remember, Elisha had been appointed Eliyahu's successor, and he's going to bring about the end of the house of Achav. <coughs> he appointed Chazoel the king of Aram. Now he does the next thing. Elisha the prophet called one of the Bnei Hanaviim, one of the sons of, and literally means sons of the prophets, but what it means is his, one of the student prophets. And we've had these Bnei Hanaviim a lot these last few chapters. And he told him, Chagar Masnecha, gird, literally often, you know, tie up your, gird your belt, right? And take this, <coughs> this um, a flask of oil. Remember, this flask of oil represents something with which a king is anointed. And we've seen many times, you know, as David was anointed by Samuel, uh, King Saul anointed by Samuel, that all the kings were anointed with a pach Hashemen, with a, with oil. And go to Ramot Gilad. When you come there, or Esham, you will see there Yehu ben Yehoshaphat ben Nimshi. Yehu, son of Yehoshaphat, the son of Nimshi. Earlier he was just called Yehu ben Nimshi, often uh, because uh, people are called a, a descendant of their grandfather, often is called as son. You'll find him there, Uvasa, and when you get there, and you will single him out from among his companions, from his brothers, and you're going to bring him hidden into a room, into a hidden room. So he's already, first of all, Elisha is choosing, is not choosing to do this by himself, but he's choosing to do this through his student. Why? What's the point of that? <coughs> We're going to get back to that when we do our review. Uh, um, our discussion in a future podcast. And I just want to point out that question. Uh, and also, why is he taking Ye He tells him to take Yehu into a secret room. Like, what's the point? What, what's the purpose of that? I'm just putting that question out there. Think about it, and we'll get back to it. You should take the uh, flask of oil and pour it over his head and you should say, So says God, I am appointing you as king over Israel. And immediately after you say that, open the door. You better run real fast and don't wait around. Now the obvious reason why he's probably doing this and telling him to run like that is because once it becomes found out, then immediately you are guilty of treason. And people might come after you. And that, that's the uh, um, most obvious way of understanding this. And... What what Elisha is clearly doing here is setting up a situation where you make Yehu the king, but then it won't be clear exactly. It'll be up to Yehu to bring it about. It will be in the hands of Yehu to decide how to go about uh, becoming the king, which obviously will require deposing the current king and mounting a rebellion. So all you do is just give him this message. And it seems to, you know... The only thing that this this uh, one of the students, who's not even the, the the prophet himself, 
is simply relaying a message that it's time to do this. One gets the sense throughout this, this chapter that, that people, were, people kind of knew, especially the Bnei Hanavim, those that were in the circle of the prophets, knew of this prophecy that was told to Eliyahu that, that Yehu ben Nimshi was going to bring about the end of the house of Ahab. It was just waiting for a signal, waiting for the time. And apparently it was in the hands of Elisha to deliver that message. And Elisha chose to deliver it in the manner in which we just read. So as soon as Yehu gets the message, he's going to carry out what he's been expecting to do this entire time. Vayelech Hanar, Hanar, Hanavi, and the, the, the young man, the young man who was the prophet, right? Right? Or, or, he, or it can also be translated, he was the Nar of the prophet. He was the young man who worked with the prophet. So it, the way it repeats over and over again that he was a young man, it's again giving you the emphasis that he was really in the hierarchy of the prophet world. He was really kind of low down on the totem pole. He was pretty much a nobody. He was, he was a stu- you know, he was a freshman student, so to speak, you know. And he went Ramot Gilad to Ramot Gilad. Vayavo, and when he got there, Vihine Sare Achayel Yoshim. He got there. There was a, a, a meeting of the uh, the Sare Achayel, the top commanders of the army were sitting there. Remember, this was. Right after the big defeat by the Arameans against their army, so there's it's setting up a situation where the top brass of the army often have discontent about the leadership about the king because the king led them into defeat. I have something for you, sir. Right? Um, which one of us? Because he seemed to have said that statement to the whole table. Bayomer Elecha, sir, it's for you, sir, right? So, um, so Vayakam Vayovo Abaisa, instead of receiving the message in front of everyone, he got up as Elisha wanted to, uh, and he went up and he went into the inner house. He went inside the house, and when he went inside the house, and the the young prophet goes in with him, Hashem he pours the oil on his head, and he says to him, Ko amar Adonai so says God, the Lord of Israel, I have made you the king, I have anointed you the king over the nation of God, over Israel. Um, so uh, if this also reminds us of, there were other uh, pre-anointing done of kings under dubious circumstances. Most memorable, of course, was David, who was anointed once while Saul was still king, and then he was anointed again later when the people um, uh, accepted him as king. And it's, it's, uh, um, Saul also was anointed uh, more than once. So, so th- these are this is a pattern here, and it's almost like Yehu gets, gets the message, but he's obviously not actually king yet until he takes care of the current king, which we're about to read about. So what are you going to do? He continues telling Yehu the instructions of Hikisa Beit Achav Adonacha, and you are going to strike down the house of Ahab, your master, you know who is currently your master. Vinikamti and I will take revenge on uh, over the blood of my servants, the prophets. Remember, as Ahav had had spent much of his career, and especially Ahav's wife Izevel had spent much of her career, most of her life. Uh, um, uh, harassing, uh, murdering, killing the prophets of God. 
and the, the blood of all the servants of God, not just the prophets, but all people that were loyal to God, from the hands of Izevel, Jezebel, who was guilty of persecuting them. So you are now going to take that revenge. And the entire house of Achav will be lost, will be gone. And I'm going to destroy every male descendant of, of, of Achav. Mashtin Bakir is a very crass, crude way of referring to male, basically saying anyone who pees standing up against the, pees against the wall. And anyone who is Atsor Azov, we've had this terminology before, meaning anyone who is either um, a, a bonded servant or anyone who is free among Israel, um, in other words, among their family, no matter who they are, I'm going to just, you will be the agent through whom I destroy the house of Achav. And I'm going to play, make the house of Achav like the house of Yeravam, of Jeroboam. Remember, his house was completely destroyed, Ukuves Basha ben Achia, and like the house of Basha, the son of Achia. Remember, Basha's house was, the king Basha was also an earlier king of Israel who was completely destroyed and wiped out by the coup that was launched by Zimri. We're going to refer to that coup a little bit later. I just wanted to remind you of that. V.S. Izevel, and Izevel Yochlu HaKlovim, Izevel's body will be eaten by the dogs, Bechelik Yisrael, in the portion of Jezreel, the Ein Kover, no one will bother burying her. By Yiftach Adelat, by Anos, he immediately opened the door and ran, just in case he'd get caught. He didn't want to get caught and get killed for treason. So, this is the very unusual appointment of Yehu. Uh, this will close this podcast. This will be the first half of chapter 9. I, um, I want you to think about the questions that I, I brought up. I'm going to raise a few more questions. Um, you know, and the other question is, what is it about Yehu? Like, why Yehu? Yehu was chosen all the way back in the days of Eliyahu. This is years and years before. One gets the sense, and I'm giving a little hint as to the direction that I'm going, but when that Yehu had a relationship already with Eliyahu beforehand, had a relationship with the prophets beforehand. But then he ended up serving the king as a top military officer, serving the king Ahav as a top military officer. Um, and it seems when, when, the, when the... the, the when when the, the, the prophet, the, the, the student prophet comes having a message for Yehu that there's some understanding that already exists between him and Yehu. It's just a little hint that you start to get a sense of as you read these verses, and we're going to come back to that. So those are some of the questions that we're going to leave for later when we have a longer discussion. But for now, try to absorb this story, and we're going to continue the story in the next podcast. Thank you so much for studying this part of chapter 9 together. Looking forward to studying the rest of chapter 9, the rest of this interesting but very uh, disturbing episode and um, and have a wonderful day.